You are listening to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the key issues and emerging trends affecting the global health and nutrition industry, helping businesses make informed decisions and drive change. Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. I'm Charlotte Bastianza, editor at Vita Foods, joined today live from the Vita Foods Europe 2019 show by Heather Granado, VP of Content, working with me on Vita Foods Insights. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much. It's always great to be here in Geneva. We are chatting today about the trends that we've seen across the show floor around the exhibition and at the education program. And I think on a macro level, um, a trend that we're really seeing that is top priority to companies across the sector is sustainability. It's a, um, a very emphasized topic at the moment. Um, companies are really prioritizing the importance of it. It's not only driven by consumers, but I think it generally comes out of an interest and an investment in the greater good of the industry. Um, the Vita Foods show actually sort of facilitated a little bit of this discussion by, for the first time, we've had a sustainability square where visitors were able to sit and engage with the content that we have developed around the topic of sustainability. We also had a summit at the education program investigating sustainability, um, especially on how technologies like blockchain, which are very much in the initial development stage, but how those play a role in um, developing sustainability initiatives and transparency across the sector. I think you're hearing a lot about that as well from the ingredient suppliers. So sustainability, traceability, offering additional information about how do I work with my farmers? Let me trace this back so I can actually show that CFAM actually. Uh, was talking a little bit from our inside the bottle discussion about what they're doing with blockchain technology to ensure they can track back to their farmers. Interesting use of the technology to address a need in the marketplace. Also saw that uh, emphasis on sustainability working with Nixira that's developed a baobab powder and how are they helping the farmers and ensuring that these great trees are still a priority and are still taken care of. I also think uh, on the macro level, uh, coming to Vita Foods for several years, there have always been contract manufacturers and private labelers. However, this year, all of a sudden, it seemed huge. You saw a lot more emphasis on the contract manufacturing capabilities. But beyond that, it was really the delivery systems that I saw. So higher profile on this emphasis of it's not just tablets and capsules. And certainly in the US, according to Nutrition Business Journal, half of the dietary supplement market now is alternative delivery formats. A lot of that is gummies. We see so many gummies. What I saw here was almost a little bit of an evolution of that. Uh, Softagel had these chew gels that were chewable soft gels. Saw a lot of chewing gums, this compressed powder gum, uh, as well as sort of functional gums. There was a yogurt delivery in a stick pack from Zucari and thought it was interesting you could actually take the actives and then have this little stick pack to take with you. And then certainly chocolate. Uh, chocolate was one of those things we saw many years ago in the US for a calcium delivery device, but this was really positioned to be almost on the probiotic side of things. Um, interesting about the probiotics because um, back on a macro level, I think something that we're seeing is that certain companies are really developing delivery systems catered specifically to demographic groups. So 
for example, you know, where the, you know beverages are quite established as a delivery format, but certain companies that are, for example, trying to get into the Asian, pan-Asian market understand what their needs and their flavor profiles and their sensitivities are. So they're sticking to sort of delivering things that are still in beverage, powder, uh, syrup format because they've done the research that really supports that that is still where the interest is for those markets. And so I think something that I noticed quite a lot was that they're still developing the probiotics market and with a very specific focus on certain demographic regions. Absolutely. And the probiotics market is interesting in Europe given the challenges with EFSA. So the inability to really make very direct claims despite the fact that a number of these companies, you know, whether you're looking at an ADM or a DuPont, that have strains with very good clinical research on their specific health impacts. Unfortunately, you know, you're not able to make the claims. It's not been a huge area in the market. I do think consumers are now hearing more about the microbiome, so you are getting a little bit more there. I think it's gonna take more clinical research, though, to really drive the probiotic sector forward. Um, clinical research is actually a really interesting topic for Vita Foods too because we've um, developed a clinical trials zone where um, companies were able to go and understand the entire process from designing the study, funding it, finding participants, all the way through to the results stage and how you adopt those results to develop finished products. And I think the rise in clinical trials is coming out of consumer demand for more validated research and um, <clears throat> um, and also out of the industry wanting to develop good, honest products that are really geared towards optimal health and also possibly the, the entrance of a lot of pharma companies into the nutraceutical space, they could be driving that research as well, I suppose. I think it goes back into the consumer desire for transparency. They're really looking for, I want to understand what this ingredient is, where it comes from, and specifically what it does. I think you've got a lot of consumers' interest in that healthy aging category. So joint health, for example. Um, I want to continue to stay active. So you've got a lot of uh, ingredients that are being positioned in that area, something like collagen peptide. It's used to be just for, oh, it's just skin, or, oh, collagen in general is good for me. No, this is very specific for a targeted health effect, like Rusolo has these very specific peptides. Um, collagen actually was talking about the use of collagen in a powder form so you could put it in your snacks. So, again, the idea of these different delivery technologies or concepts to be able to deliver ingredients, whether that's a turmeric in a beverage shot or a collagen in a powder that you can mix into your smoothie. All of these are driving forward innovation across the market to meet this consumer demand. Yeah, and I think um, people are so aware at the moment that consumers, they're so well educated, they're so interested in the nutraceutical space and developing um, health products that are really in a digestible, edible, drinkable form. They're doing the research and I think that's pushing the industry in all the right ways, whether that's developing our sustainability, our transparency efforts. So yeah, it's all geared towards the consumer and I agree with what you said, there's a lot of overlap in the market. I think sports nutrition is also a massive market at the moment, merging loads with bone and joint health and healthy aging. Well, that's that active consumer. I think you're getting away from that bodybuilder and really into how do I promote long-term flexibility? How do I stay active um, and not in pain? So 
it's literally about that preventive health, which is really where we're positioned on the VitaFood side of things. Well, we've had a brilliant show in Geneva, VitaFoods Europe, another successful year. Thank you, Heather, for joining me on this podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure.